Blessings, brothers and sisters. Yes. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. We're going to be spending most of our time today in Luke. So you guys can open it up if you have your Bibles. Luke chapter 6 to be exact. Like I said, we are happy to be here. We're happy to be serving along with you. Um, our team was very excited to be able to come to Kenya. Uh, most of them, this is the first time they were in any African countries. And Kenyan people are always very hospitable. They're always very welcoming. So we are thank you for that. Thank you for your church, for your hospitality. Uh, we value it very deeply. Um, in the country that we're from, from the United States, we have a movement that has been growing recently in the past couple of years. Uh, it's a movement that promotes, and um, to say it nicely, an unbiblical view of marriage, unbiblical view of family. And then they always say their whole slogan is it's all about love. You're supposed to love us. You're supposed to respect and tolerate our views. But whenever it comes to them respecting and loving your views, their love goes away. So love us, love your friends, but don't love your enemies. So it's having love towards the people who think and act like you. That's, that's the whole point of this movement. But the passage I want to look, look at today, it's a little, it talks a little bit uh, about a different type of love. If you open up Luke chapter 6, I want us to read verses 27 through 36. Just a heads up, I speak fast, so if you guys need me to slow down, just kind of show me one of those and I'll understand. So Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic. Give to everyone who begs you, begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that for you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that from you? Even sinners lend to sinners to give back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good to lend and do good and land, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he, is the, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. When I was preparing for the sermon, I was praying for God to show me a text um, that he wants me to speak about. And I was reading through Luke at the, at the time, and then this message really stood out to me. This text really stood out to me. And the thing that I want us to talk about today is about loving your neighbors. And then I want us to look at one of the greatest examples of what it means to love your neighbor. If you look at the context of this passage, this is Luke. Uh, he's writing about the story of where Jesus was uh, preaching. Uh, some other gospels, they explain this or they label this sermon as the Sermon on the Mount. And it's one of the most famous sermons that Jesus preached while he was here on earth. Uh, it's a sermon that's full of wisdom, full of uh, great knowledge that Jesus is sharing with us. So, and then in, in this passage, Jesus tells us uh, a little bit ahead, before the, what I read. He talks about the different blessings and different curses that people have. And one of them in verse 22, it says this. Jesus tells us, Blessed are you when people hate you 
and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. If we believe in Jesus Christ, if we stand in our faith, if we stand for what we believe, we will have enemies. Jesus tells us about this. Jesus experienced this. Jesus' disciples experienced this. And then we will experience the same thing. It's not surprising that when we believe in Jesus, when we are faithful to him, that people hate us. Nothing surprising. It's been happening for 2,000 years. And Jesus told us it's going to happen. So let's go back to verse 27. And I want us to look at the first thing. So, verse 27, it says this, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. The first, first sentence that we see here is this, But I say to those who hear. Jesus is talking to the people who are listening to him. And I want us to draw a difference between just listening to something and actually hearing something. Um, when I was in college, I, had, I was studying engineering, but... To, in order to graduate, I had to take some art classes. I don't know why, but I had to take them. And then what I decided to do was take uh, two classes about uh, the art history of China, of Asia. Uh, I spent two semesters, it was half a year each. Um, I learned about all the different artists, all the different paintings, sculptures, everything. Uh, I passed both classes with A's, but right now I remember nothing from those classes. I was there. I listened to the stuff, but I never heard the stuff. All the names sounded the same to me, all the pictures look identical. I listened to it, but I didn't hear, it, hear anything. So it's important when we listen to, this, to what Jesus is saying, not just to listen to you, but to hear it and to act on it. That's two different things. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14, Apostle Paul writes this, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. It's important for us to um, not to when we listen to when we hear the word of God for us to understand it. And the only way we can do that is if the Holy Spirit explains it to us, if He opens up the depth of God's word. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who lives in Ukraine, and he said he was um, preaching a sermon on Sunday, and it was about how we should be serving ministry, how we should be active in our uh, walk with God. And after the sermon, he, a friend of his comes up to him, and he's like, Thank you, brother, for your sermon. It really touched my heart. It really spoke to me. Yes, I should be you know, more focused on the ministry, more focused on the church. Um, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. And my friend tell, tells him, he's like, I've known you for three years, and the whole time that I've known you, every time you tell me this, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, but you never actually do it. So you talk about doing it, but you don't do it. He, he heard the word. It touched his heart, but he didn't, that, that word did not uh, turn into action. So until God actually, and my friend tells me, he's like, until God actually uh, will speak to my friend, nothing will ever change. So all the words he are saying, they're just words. So whenever we hear the word of God, whenever we hear what Jesus tells us in this passage, it's supposed to bring forth action. Not just listen to it, so hearing brings forth action. So the couple of things I want us to kind of lay as foundation of the things that we should do before loving our enemies. So in order to love our enemies, the first thing we need to do is we have to be born again. If we don't, if you are not born again, we will never have the love that we need to love our enemies. When people are not saved, they physically cannot love your enemies. 
Only whenever we come to Jesus, whenever Jesus fills our heart, whenever he gives us a new heart, he gives us the love that we can share with other people. He gives us the love that makes us love our neighbors. So that's the first thing. We have to be born again. The second thing is that in order for people to hate us, they have to see our faith. And in order for them to see our faith, we have to be together with the people. I know it's amazing when brothers and sisters, when church people come together. Yesterday we experienced that. We had a fellowship with the youth from this church. It was amazing. We sang songs together. We praised Jesus. We fellowshiped. We heard the word of God. We always have something to talk about. There's always something mutual, even though we're from different countries, different nations. There's always something that unites us. It's comfortable. It's awesome being in fellowship. But it's important for us to go out into the world, to go out into the people that don't know Jesus. And in order for people, for people to hate us, for us to have enemies, we have to go in the world. We have to take the gospel to the people that do not know it. And the third thing that we should uh, set as a foundation is that it's important to remember that um, whenever we go into the world, our goal should not be that we should make enemies. Enemies will come. We have to go into the world with love. We have to go in the world with the gospel. And then whenever we proclaim the name of Jesus, we will have enemies naturally. So three things. The first is that we have to be born again. The second is that we, people, we have to be in the world for people to see our faith. And the third is that we should not go with the mindset of let's go make enemies when we go out into the world. So whenever Jesus uh, is talking about in this passage about loving your enemies, it's nothing that is normal into the, in this world. Uh, whenever we uh, go to school, go to work, um, just go out in the world, it's not normal to love your enemies. It's not normal to uh, love people who hurt us. And we can see this from whenever people are just born. Whenever you have two little babies, um, whenever they grow up old enough to play in a playground, uh, they're playing soccer, playing whatever game, and somebody hurts, one child hurts another child. What's the natural reaction? Hurt the person back. So a child punches one child, the other child punches back. Whenever kids grow up, uh, they start uh, going to school, same thing. Somebody cheats of somebody, you cheat back from them. Somebody steals from you, you steal back from them. Uh, whenever people grow up even more, um, we, they become, for example, presidents or managers in a company. One company does something bad to another company, there's lawsuits, they bring lawyers, they start suing each other. Whenever people get older, even more power, for example, presidents of countries, uh, one president does one thing to a country, and then the country, the other president responds. It's always evil, I'll respond with evil. Somebody does something bad, you respond with something bad. Uh, we see this right now in the country, for example, Russia, Ukraine. I don't know if you guys watch the news, there's a whole conflict, and it's just because one country does something bad, and the other country responds. That's the thing that's normal in the world. That is the view of the world. But Jesus, he tells a different thing. And even back in Jesus' time, it was the same thing. So Jerusalem, or the nation of Israel, it was occupied by the Romans. Romans occupied it, and then the Jewish people, they hated that they were occupied by Romans. They hated they had to submit to Caesar. They hated that the Roman Empire set their own um, rulers in the nation of Israel. And there was even uh, people like, they are called Zealots and Sikars, and there were a group of people that would walk around in Israel, and they would st stab Roman people, Roman citizens, Roman soldiers, and they would call it as holy hatred. So that was normally back in Jesus' time. So whenever Jesus tells us to love your enemies, it was as unnatural uh, today as it was back then. So Jesus tells us in verse 27 and 28, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, 
bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. So I want us to look at those, um, those three things, those four things that Jesus tells us and kind of go through each one. So the first thing that Jesus tells us is that we should love our enemies. Here it talks about the kind of feelings we should have towards our enemies. So when we love our enemies, we should have a, instead of, we should, instead of having hatred towards them, we should have uh, feelings of love, or feelings of um, affection, or feelings that we should have feelings of compassion to the people. Because we know that those people, they're sinners, they're going to hell, and then we should love them, and we should have compassion for them. We should not be whenever something evil happens to the person we don't like, or the person that did something bad to us. We should not rejoice, but we should be compassionate and be sorrowful towards the people. So we should have feelings of love. The second thing that Jesus tells us is that we should do good to those who hate you. That means we should love with our actions, love with our deeds. One uh, famous example in the Bible is the example of the Good Samaritan. How we know that there was a person that was walking, he got robbed, he got um, beat up and he was laying in the middle of the road. And there was the one person that walked by, he didn't do anything, the second person. And then by the end, we see that it was a Samaritan, just a regular person, who showed love with his deeds. He picked up the wounded person, he put him on his donkey, he took him to a hotel, he took, uh, took care of his uh, health needs. So we should love with our actions, we should love with our deeds. And we are supposed to do things to our enemies that will bring them to salvation. That's the most important thing of what we should do with, uh, with love, love with our deeds. And we should always ask ourselves, what should I do to the person that will open the door to the, to the gospel. So whenever we share the gospel, there should, always should be two arms to it. One it should be showing good deeds, so sharing the gospel with our actions, and the second one is sharing the gospel with our words. We have to act in a way that shows that good does defeat evil. The third thing that we see that Jesus talks about is that we should bless those who curse you. How do we show love in our speech? So the first thing we should have is have feelings, then deeds, and the third one is your speech. We should speak blessings over the lives of the people, over the lives of the enemies. We know that this world will curse us because of Jesus, but it's important to bless them in return. So when people do evil to you, you're supposed to do good back to them. When we speak to people, we speak, should speak things that should bring them life, which is the gospel. We know that the gospel brings life to people's, people's lives. So whenever we should speak to them, we should always speak life to people. Paul, for example, very, very um, big example in the Bible of how much pain he took from people. He got thrown in jail, he got beat up, he got chased out of towns, but he still preached the gospel. He still proclaimed the good news. He still brought, spoke the thing that brought life to the people. The fourth thing that we see Jesus tells us is that we should pray for those who abuse you. How should our prayers sound for, the en for our enemies? We should have to pray in a way that God would change our hearts. Not that God would punish them for the evil that they did to us, but for God to change their hearts and they would come to know Him as their personal Savior. At the end of the day, we can't save people. We can share the gospel with them, and we're supposed to share the gospel with them. But only the Holy Spirit can bring salvation to people. Only the Holy Spirit can save people. So it's important for us to pray that people would hear they call the Holy Spirit, and they would come to repentance. So four things that we see here. The first one is that we should love our enemies, so we should have feelings of love to the enemies. The second is we should show love with our actions or with our deeds. The third thing is that we should show uh, love with our words, that we should bless the people. And the fourth thing is that we should love people with our prayer. We should pray for the people that love us.
Now I want us to look at the next couple of verses and kind of see what else Jesus talks about. Uh, verse chapter, chapter 6, verse 29. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And for one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Here's not talking about every single time somebody steals from, from us, that we should give, you know, somebody comes in and robs our house, that we should leave the door unlocked the next time, and they can, take, they can come and take more stuff. Uh, it's talking about uh, when people treat us unfairly, that we should not respond to them in the same unfairness. That's what this pastor is talking about, that when people uh, mistreat us, or when they rob us, or when they do other bad things to us, we should not respond in the same way. So if somebody steals something from us, our reaction should not be we should steal something back from them. But our reaction should be with compassion with gener and with generosity. So do not repay, repay bad for what, um, for what they did bad to us. Verse 30. Give to everyone who begs from you, and for one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. Here talks about the generosity that Christians should have. I think it's a very important thing that Christians a lot of times lack, especially in these current times, is generosity. We always look for people to give to us, we always look for people to help us, but we, we very rarely think about helping other people. That's a very important aspect of Christianity, that we should be generous as Christians. We should be generous with our time, with our finances, with the things that we have. Generosity is a very important characteristic of being a Christian. And even if people steal things from us, we still have to be generous in return. That's a very important thing that Jesus talks about in this verse. And the thing that this is not a worldly understanding. This is an understanding of Christians. Verse 31. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. In America, we have a thing that's called the golden rule. I don't know if in Kenya you guys have the same thing. Uh, the golden rule states that do, uh, do to others as you would want people to do to you. But the thing with the golden rule that's preached in the world is that you, the reason you do good to other people is because you expect good in return. But Jesus calls us to do something else. He tells us to do good to people even after they do bad to us. So Jesus takes whatever is preached in the world and he, puts it, he takes it to the next level. There's that the reason, the motive for why we do good to people is not because we want them to do good in return. But the motive is that we should always be doing good to people even if they do bad to us. We have to act with love and respect, not only to our friends, but to our enemies as well. And it's not because we want to do because of karma, where we think that if, we do good, if you plan good, good deeds, then good deeds will return to us. No, that's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about doing good to people, no matter on what the reaction is going to be of them, and no matter what the people are doing to you. It's not karma. It's about loving your enemies. Verse 32 through 34. And if you love those who love you, what benefit is that from you? For even sinners or unbelievers, love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that from you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to give back the same amount. We see the word sinners, we can substitute with the word unbelievers. It's people that do not know Jesus as their personal savior. If you love those who love us, then nobody will see the love and grace of God. When people, when people in the world love their friends, love the people that think and act the same as way, God's grace is not being shown. But whenever people hate us, whenever they do bad to us, and we show love in return, then people see the grace and love of God through them. 
So all the things that Jesus talks about in this verse, in these verses, nothing here is that, that it's not from the world. All of these, these things that I read in verses 32 through 34, these are the things that bring, that bring gain to us. Love me, do good to me, bring favor to me. Nothing from this list will cost us anything. If we lend to people, if we give money to people who will give it back to us, that costs us nothing. But if we give to people and they don't return to us, that costs us something. Loving our enemies, loving people, those who do not love us, it will always cost us something. It will cost us our emotions, it will cost us pain, it will cost us money, it will cost us our time. It would always, always cost us something. For example, when it talks about here, lend to those who will return, um, I'm sure you guys in Kenya have the same thing. If you guys want to borrow money from a bank, bank always does a test on you. How much do you make? Where do you work? Will you be able to uh, pay the money back to us? It's always something that the banks do. Bank will not just give you money and not care if you're going to give it back to them. That's the way of the world. Jesus is talking about a different way here in this passage. So now I want us to look at the greatest example of what loving our enemies is. Uh, if you look in the beginning of the Bible, the Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, we see God creates this world. Uh, we see that God creates the world, everything in the world, and He creates His greatest creation, which is the human being. He creates Adam, He gives him a beautiful wife, Eve, and everything was perfect. Everything was amazing, there was no sin, no death, there was no pain, no misery, everything was amazing. Adam and Eve had an amazing relationship with God. But then we see a few chapters later, Genesis chapter 3, we see that Adam and Eve sin. Satan comes, it tempts them, and then we know that uh, Adam and Eve sinned. They got kicked out of Garden of Eden. Sin enters into the world. Death, misery, pain, hardship, everything enters into this world. And we see that it's kind of like a slippery slope after that. We see in uh, Genesis chapter 7, uh, we see that the sin overtook and saturated the world so bad that God decided to just save eight people, build an ark for them, and then everybody else in the world, he killed. He killed every single person in order to give like a restart to the world. Uh, but the sad thing about that restart is that a few chapters later, in chapter 11, we see that the people that were, you know, multiplied, they grew in number, and they decided to build a big tower of Babylon to show how great they are, to show that they can reach as high as God, and the people wanted to be like God's. If we read farther on in the Bible, we see that God chooses a special nation, a nation of Israel, the Jewish nation. Uh, and then he says, I will protect you. I will love you. I will lead you. I will provide everything for you. Just be faithful to me. But we see that the people of the nation of Israel, they did not want God to be their king. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 7 says this. And the Lord said to Samuel, obey the voice of the people and know that they say to you, for they have not rejected you but they have rejected me from being king over them. We see the people, the whole time, the whole history we've seen, people are rebelling against God. They do not want to come under the authority of God. Now we see further on in the nation of Israel, we see king after king. It was a good king, a bad king, a good king, a bad king. It was bad king, bad king, bad king. We see the kings that did not walk faithfully with God. We see kings that rebelled against God. We see kings that made idols, that worshipped other gods. It was a pattern of... Disobeying God, disobeying God, disobeying God. And then every time people sinned, they always become enemies of God. Two passages I want us to read. The first is uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. 
And you, who were once were alienated in hostile minds, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh and by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. And another one is Romans chapter 5, verse, verse 10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. So the history that we just looked through the whole Bible, through the whole Old Testament, we see that people are sinners. Every time we are born, every person that's born, me, every single one of you, we are born as sinners. And we see here that if we are sinners, we are enemies of God. We are automatically, we try to fight God. We try to rebel against God. And that's the sad truth of the world today. That's the sad truth that we in the world that we live in today. We are born as sinners. We are born again. We are born among other sinners, and then the, the punishment for our sin is always death. But then we see a beautiful thing that in Luke chapter six, verse thirty-five, one of the last verses that we read. But love your enemies and do good, good, and lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. And I want you to focus on this this sentence: for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. The greatest example of love that we ever saw in this world is the love of Jesus Christ. When we sinned, when we rebelled, when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, when sin entered the world, we should all have died. And we automatically became enemies of God. We rebelled against God. But the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of Jesus Christ is that the beauty of God is that He loved us so much that He already had a plan for us. He had a plan of salvation. Even though we rebelled, we hated, we were enemies of God, God sends His Son, Jesus Christ, who comes into this world and who dies for us. Like we read in Romans, that we were reconciled by God by the death of His Son. And much more that we were reconciled shall we be saved by His life. This is the greatest example of loving your enemies. We were enemies of God. We were enemies of Jesus. But Jesus comes to this world. He lives a perfect life. He takes the sin of every single one of us, sin of every enemy that he has, and he dies for us. He showed us what love is. We are his enemies, but God responded with love instead of punishment. And I want us to remember that, that because of Jesus' Christ, Jesus' death, because of Jesus' resurrection, we can love our enemies. And then Jesus, whenever he preaches this, this sermon, whenever he preaches this text, he knows that he will show the greatest example of loving our enemies. Jesus went through this. He went through people hating them. He went through people beating him. He went through people killing him. But he still loved his enemies. And he showed it. He showed it with his greatest sacrifice on this earth. On this earth. So whenever we finish off with this uh, with sermon, I want all of us to look at our lives. Right now we're going to spend time in prayer. Right? So I want us to reflect on our lives. Do we love our enemies? The first thing I want us to check is, are we saved? Do we know Jesus as our personal Savior? If we don't, this is time for us to repent. This is time for us to come, to ask Jesus for forgiveness, to ask Him to enter our hearts, and to believe in His death and His resurrection, and believe in the act of salvation that He did on the cross. If we are saved, I want us to see how do we love our neighbors. Do we, do, is our heart filled with love towards the enemies? Is our heart filled with love towards the people that do bad to us? If it's not, we can ask, ask God to fill our hearts with love. 
We can ask God to, we can repent from the sin. We can ask God to give us love and strength to love our enemies. The people that do bad to us, the people that do um, things which are unfair to us. And I want to ask you, ask for God to fill our hearts with love to the people who are dying in this world. The people who do not know this personal Savior. For us to have the compassion towards them. For us to have the desire to share the gospel with every single person. For us to have the heart of Jesus towards the people that are dying. Towards the enemies of God. So let's spend a few minutes in prayer. And then we can ask God for His love to fill our hearts. For us to love our enemies. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank for the greatest example of love that you showed all of us. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth, who lived a perfect life, even though we were his enemies, even though we rebelled against you, even though we um, don't want to submit under your lordship, Jesus. You came to this world. You died for every single one of us. You took our punishment. You took our uh, death. And you took our sentence. And then you love, showed love by dying for us, by beating sin, by beating death, and by resurrecting. And because of your greatest act of love, because of your deeds on the cross, we can have eternal life, we can have salvation, we can have joy, we can have peace in our hearts. We thank you for that, Jesus Christ. We owe all our whole life to you. We pray that for the people here that do not know you as your personal Savior, for them to come and to know you as your personal Savior, for you to give them a new heart, for you to fill their heart with, with love, so then they can go into the world and love their enemies. We also pray for the people that do know you as your personal savior. Convict the people that need conviction of where they, they do not love their enemies. Encourage those people who are loving their, their enemies faithfully to keep loving them more. To love them with their words, with their actions, with their deeds, with their feelings. For, that, for us to pray for the people that do not know you around us. For the people that we go to school with, for the people that we go to work with, for the people that we interact every single day that do not know you as your personal savior, for the people that are enemies of you. Help us to have compassion towards those people. Help us to pray for those people daily. Help us to share the gospel with them, and not with just with the words, but with their actions as well. We pray all this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen.